Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora, everyone. And honestly, welcome to... <laughs> The fact that we've had to redo this intro is just showing you how unhinged everybody is. me, I can't deal. Because <laughs> I'm trying to pretend that we haven't just recorded this intro and had to re-record it. Just casual, chill girls. Chill girls, recording a podcast for you. Recording Culture Vulture as if we haven't just sat in the pod studio waiting for an engineer to come and record us for like an hour. <laughs> so... I'm joined with Belle. I don't know if you could tell by the laugh. Kia ora, gorgeous to be here as always, and trying not to lose my shit after just mainlining a lot of coffee. A lot of coffee and a lot of... We've honestly... If we could paint a picture for you... Yeah, set the scene like it's a movie. Okay, we're setting the scene. Woke up at about five. Got into the studio about quarter past six, 6.30 in the morning because we had booked out and owned the feels recording um, for the next few hours and then a bit of miscommunication happened, and we realised, oh shit, no one's arrived to record us. <laughs> then we start turning into worn-out woman with purpose mode, and we run purpose around. mode, the only mode. <laughs> the only mode. A modus operandi. Yeah, honestly, the mode we're always in. And we're just running around the office, trying to find a microphone, trying to find something we can work, trying to find adapters, trying to find, you know, for an office and a studio that's decked out with, like, the most shit you've ever seen. <laughs> It was goddamn near impossible to find... Needle in a fucking haystack. Yes, to find the one adapter we needed to make this work. So all of this is to say, we don't have an episode planned. We have, like, two topics in our head. Oh, this is on the fly. This is real, like, in-the-moment journalism. Yeah. Cutting edge. <laughs> Cutting edge. No one fact-check us, please. <laughs> we are, like, living or dying on our, like, ability to summon some je ne sais quoi... On oh, demand, no, and, and some expertise, and something you want to fucking listen to. Yeah, and so hopefully you stick around purely for the chaos, and then maybe you learn some like cool stuff anyway. But I don't, based on us not knowing what we're talking about yet, I don't know if you'll learn cool stuff. Now you will. I'm going to do a hard sell and say lean in. Lean um, in. Now we've actually got good shit coming up. First of all, and this is something we haven't planned. Oh god. Okay. What go describes on. our weeks? Well, you've been home in Blenheim. So. I've been home. I would say R and R, but. I just think it's all been erased from this morning. I'm not feeling oh, rested no. or relaxed. Yeah. But I feel like I'm back in my unhinged get shit done mode. Hustle. But can your word be hometown or something like um, Home- make turn it into an uh, Taylor Swift song like nostalgia? Yeah, like um what she said the best day, Taylor Swift. She wrote it about a day at home with her mum. Oh. Wasn't really what my experience yeah. was, but <laughs> can't relate can't to that. <laughs> Um, my, I was home and my mum was there and it was fun, but I don't think I had the best day while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> How many, like, best days do you reckon you have in a year? Oh. Like, stand out, like, holy shit, that was such a good day. 
well, based on how this year's been going, yeah. I'm hoping for one coming soon. <gasps> yeah, yeah, manifesting one. I'm going to say six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, when you just, usually you're like by a beach or something and yeah. you've got nothing to worry about for one day and then yeah I mean it's never like it was a Wednesday you know <laughs> Wednesday rocked up to work the coffee was just gorgeous and <laughs> it I just slayed all my meetings and it was the best day <laughs> it's never I mean that is capitalism you yeah. never have your best day oh my when you're God. working okay do you think that explains like the insurmountable pressures i sometimes get this when i wake up on a saturday oh my like, god i've got two days to phoenix resurrect socialize get my shit together feel amazing laugh dance like no one's watching because <laughs> i know by the time the week comes around I'm going to feel like shit again. Yeah. No, I actually hate oh. that this is how life works. Yeah, I mean, this is my TED Talk, which yeah. I'll be rolling out after two glasses of Chardonnay all week. So what describes your week? Is it um, striving to get one out of six best days? Oh, my God. No, I've been sick, so I want to. I was going to say Dido. Oh, <laughs> I will go down with this shit. I went, I hit the deck and I did that stupid thing where you're like, I'm actually fine. Oh. And then you just never get fine. Yeah. And then I was just like marinating in my own bacteria. Oh, that's such a yuck. Oh. No, okay, but she's that. real. Um, and like at the point where you're like, I actually don't think I'm ever going to feel better ever again. Yeah. And there was definitely a low. Hauled myself out of um, where I'm living at the moment to a cafe to like get some fucking exposure yeah. to the outside world, and sat with this like bleak gluten free brownie and <laughs> in my laptop, and I was just like, again, one of those like camera zooms out moments where you're just like, oh, this is so bleak. But here we are. She's got a voice back. Yes, got a zest for life back. And she's recording a pod on the fly. Not many people can simply say hell yes to recording a podcast on the fly. But team, we actually have, even though we haven't planned this podcast, there are a few things that have been floating around in our minds in the ether this week. And we're going to try and talk to you about them with some sense. One of them I'm trying to write about for today's newsletter, which... God knows when I'm actually going to find time to write the morning newsletter today. <laughs> um, but that's fine. It's a very peek behind the curtain of how this thing works. Which is smooth. No, nothing bad ever happens. Nothing bad ever happens. It's the best day every day. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about, it's this thing that we have termed tailor trapping or tay baiting. And that's essentially this trend that I'm seeing on TikTok of all these men discovering, in quote marks, Taylor Swift for the first time. And then they, one man did it and he got all these comments like, oh my God, marry me, marriage material, like so much clout, so many likes, so much everything. And maybe that one was genuine. But now every second swipe it feels like is a new dude in car discovering Taylor Swift. And they just know they're going to get likes and engagement. And so they're pretending to, you know, like Taylor Swift and, it's just an interesting trend. No, and this fucking sends me. Can you give me, like, more description around, like, the type of guys in their cars? I'm like, going to play you. I'm actually going to play you one. And this is very much on the fly. I'm just going to record it straight to the mic. <laughs> and this is how journalism works, This is baby. how the world works. It's Can like, you give us some, like, visual adjectives of... Um, okay. So there's a few... This is more of an, There's a few characters. One of them... Apparently his wife is a big Taylor Swift fan. 
so it's a bit more believable but he calls oh my god Tay Tay you are really aggressive on this one and then like presses play and it's no. like and, or one of them's him and I'm sure it's pretending to show his friend Taylor Swift for the first time and they get all these likes one of them's actually a Kiwi guy who seems kind of sweet but he blasts Cruel Summer in the car and then Cruel, that video blew up so now he just blasts oh, it's no, just I can't this is sending me okay so listen to this Tay Tay seemed a little angry and aggressive on this one. What's he say? I never trust a narcissist, but they love me. Oh, no, so stop. I actually can't. I'm, it's sending me. No, wait. It, oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry, I no. am dead. No, no. I'm, <laughs> I wish you could see this unhinged setup we had. I just like, sorry, I do genuinely think to exist in this world, to be alive in 2023 and somehow not know about Taylor Swift is a total yeah. fucking lie. I mean, obviously there's privilege and all that yeah. kind of stuff wrapped up in there. need to acknowledge that. But, like, I had – this is a tangent, but it's related. Years ago, Ed Sheeran was in town. Oh, yeah. And my friend brought a new girlfriend to, like, some drinks we were having. And she was very cool. And, like, she was an artist. No. And she was, like – we were kind of laughing about the, how there's a um, a mural for Ed Sheeran in Dunedin. Yes. And she was like, Ed Sheeran? Mm, never <gasps> heard know. of him. I was just like, no. Okay, you're a cool indie chick, but do not for no. one second pretend that you don't have the internet. No. Or like, you haven't been in any car, dairy, shopping mall, supermarket, club, yeah. street, in the last 10 years and never heard that song. Liv and I once did a podcast about snobs and snobbery (sighs) and how, like... We both acknowledge when we were younger and we would be like that when we were at high school and we yeah. were like, oh my God, well, I knew this artist first and I knew yes. this and I don't listen to Top 40. And then we really unpacked... I remember it kind of changed my life being like, okay, sometimes you just have to realise you're in a snob and realise that it's actually not a nice trait for other people to be around when you say, I don't know that thing, just to make them feel bad for knowing it. Oh, my God. Like, mainstream hating? Yeah. You have actually changed my life in that way. But I think as well, yeah, when you're... There's, like, a a human tendency we do to, like, other someone if they like something that, like, we're trying to be cooler than. Yeah. And you just got to fucking embrace it. Yeah. And so... And I do have to caveat, like, obviously, I love people being fans of things. I love seeing men be really obsessed with Taylor Swift and I love there's a few like genuine like music critics or whatever on YouTube not critics like men reacts to or I react to and there's a few that are people have pointed out I love when this guy reacted to it because it was genuine and he always does and now he's a big fan and but it's just and this is what I want to write about and you guys will probably see this in your inbox or have already seen it is I feel like we are really used to getting manipulated by algorithms. We're mm. used to, like, we know that they want them. They want to keep us on their social media platforms. So we're manipulated by that. We're really used to influencers selling us shit and being manipulated kind of in that way. Mm. But this is, like, a new type of manipulation where, you know, people see something that's trendy to do and then especially this one's, like, sort of targeting young women. These men know that young women are going to eat this shit up. 
And so suddenly more and more of them are popping up and I just, it's just so funny because when I posted about this on TikTok, really scary place to sort of litmus test a theory. Yeah. On TikTok. The, the Wikipedia yeah. of um, social media. Yeah. <laughs> and truly, so many young women were just like, me and my best friends talk about this all the time. <gasps> really? They were just like, we send them to each other and we say, this is Tay baiting. This is being oh. Taylor trapped. Um, it's just, it's not that deep, everyone. And I'm not hating. It's just really funny to watch a trend start to form, and it hasn't been given a name yes. until now. Tay baiting. Tay baiting. It's or incredible. There's like definitely a thing around like men professing to be sensitive and yes. to understand feelings. And actually, Lucy and I were talking about this the other day about <laughs> the hot priest in Fleabag. Yeah, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge did her this great monologue on SNL, and she was talking about how her and the actor who plays the hot priest were, like, trying to figure out why he was so, like, wildly popular yeah. woman. And he was only really mostly referred to as the priest and yeah. the hot. And, yes, he's kind of hot or he is hot. But, but what is this fascination? Yeah. She was like, we talked and we talked and we talked about it for hours. And then we figured out what is – what do you know what it is? It's that he listens to women. Yeah. And so it's like – the way the internet and, and, and women in general or whatever, like, latch on to these yeah. male characters who show some fucking humanity. It's like, that in itself is kind of bleak. Yes. But also super fascinating. It's so, and that's the conclusion, if there is to be a conclusion about this, like, little if trend that's not that deep. <laughs> if it says to be, and so there is. <laughs> if it is to be said, then <laughs> it is. No, but so I feel like if there has to be a conclusion, it is that it is really bleak that we will eat up the bare minimum but it's also it's just not that deep it's just fascinating yeah and so many people in the comments said they see men on book talk like pick up a book no. that they know is really popular right and they know that women are going to eat it up the that they, yeah. yeah they're going <laughs> to eat it up that this man's read some sylvia plath or yeah. like whatever it is and then they said a lot of men are doing this on the lana del rey side of tiktok oh my god i've definitely seen yeah that. yeah it's like virtue signaling yes for like men trying to be more authentic adjacent <laughs> Yes, and it's so – the reason that this is a bit um, unique to talk about is because we are so for men being able to say what they're interested in and do what oh, they're interested please. in. But when you can sense that it's to get some likes and get some clout or or just – It's disingenuous. Jump on a bandwagon. Yeah. You just once again feel manipulated. You once again feel like – oh, my God, why can't I just take anything at face value? Yes, yes. Oh, And so I have just been thinking about this a lot over the weekend and then have been obviously validated by seeing so many people. By your academic research. <laughs> my academic research. Okay, what about what's a buzzy way to think about this is, like, what would the reverse be? Like, what would women be doing on TikTok? Okay, and we would be called pick-me-girls for doing this. It would be yeah. like a woman being like, I'm really into gaming, I'm really into rugby, I'm really yeah. into this, and then... The warrior's crazy. Yeah, and then people would turn around and be like, you're just pretending, you're just being a pick-me-girl. Yes. I really feel like there is a bit of a double standard here. Totally. Shock. In a shock. shocking revelation about gender politics. <laughs> but that's actually really a good point, and... A testament, Belle and I hadn't talked about what the inverse of this was and the fact that you could say it and immediately it was like... 
pick oh, me well, bullshit. We yeah. would just be told we were a pick me girl if we were interested in that thing. Or what about when, like, especially when we were younger and we'd wear a band t-shirt and then a guy would be like, do you even know Nirvana? Do oh, you even? my God. It would be that. A hundred percent. It kind of reminds me, again, tangent, but I used to work um, on a lot of beer accounts in, in Australia and... Like, it was all run by men, and none of them would take me seriously, and it just drove me insane. And my hack was every morning on the train to, the like, our Monday meeting with them, I'd call my brother and be like, give me three sports tips that, or things that have happened on the weekend that would make me sound smart. Mm. And then when we'd get to the office, I'd have from the moment I got on the elevator to we got into the boardroom, so I'd say they'd be like, I don't know, two minutes max, to, like, casually drop in like so oh, crazy about the reds maroons like fucking oh, yeah. like final minute try thing like just <laughs> like scrolling on my phone trying to get the language right no. and and only then they would take me seriously and their eyes kind of did this thing that would like double took like oh, oh what? no something no to be a woman in this <sighs> world right is just to be constantly faking it till you make it but like for what yeah We've, yeah yeah mm, i know and so this Honestly, I just want to reiterate, this is, like, not that deep. This is just yeah. a trend that we're seeing that I thought someone should talk about because it's, oh. like, low-level media literacy. It's, like, a new type of media literacy that you need to be, like, when is someone genuine about this? Yes. And when are they just seeing that they can get girls by liking Taylor Swift? Yucky. You say, yeah, it is a light thing, but also, like, trends on social media are happening in response to the way people are feeling and yeah. the way in which technology is enabling them to express that. So yeah. these things are, like, super light touch or, like, not yeah. super deep, but in a way they also kind of are because they're, maybe they're speaking to a greater, like, struggle of masculinity yeah. and identity and, like, Maybe Taylor Swift is like a gateway yes. for them to express that really quickly without really considering it. Actually, and that's such a good point because I just posted on Instagram this article that a um, psychologist wrote for the New York Times that was that was titled something like, Taylor Swift has rocked my psychiatric practice. And I loved reading this because it was just very honest and open and it was basically talking about how especially young people have come in and they may not have known how to talk about their feelings before, but they've used Taylor Swift because she basically has a song. People think she only writes breakup songs, but she actually writes songs about so many feelings mm. and emotions. And people have been using those songs to try and describe how they're feeling. And it's helping not only the psychiatrist, but the patients that she's seeing to be able to make sense of what they're feeling. And I thought this is just like low stakes but a good piece, and I like it because it takes young people seriously, and the um, psychologist or psychiatrist, can't remember what she is, was also taking it seriously as as something that she's seeing in her practice heaps. And then I saw someone, an, an older dude, on Substack this morning, post a link to this article and be like, I can't believe we're normalising these parasocial delusions. Oh. And I was just like... Wake me up inside. Yeah, no, honestly, I was like, just let us have one way of expressing ourselves that's, like, universally understood at the moment. Yeah, surely at some point in his life he's, like, turned on the car and put on a Bruce Springsteen yeah. song and thought, mm, mm. this man... I'm dancing me. in the dark yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, but as soon as it's 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 woman and it, yeah. it's like pop music, yeah. it's like kind of like put into a different category yeah. of female delusion. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, and also, I just hope it doesn't go unnoticed right now. I'm sure it doesn't. That Belle and I are literally coming up with these conclusions on the fly. Like, imagine, everyone, imagine how good this podcast would be had we prepped. Oh, had we had time. Had, had we had, had a t- sliver of time. No. Yeah. And the, okay, the next thing that we wanted to talk about, again, if we had a bit more time, I reckon it would have slayed. It's still going to slay. Uh, I reckon this probably would have been picked up by global media. <laughs> global media. <laughs> and so this is, it's not really on the same um, tangent, but it's, it's something that's been happening online that's sort of traversed the online world and come into the real world. And I just think we should talk about it because I think it's actually insane that this has happened. Mm. So Eat, Pray, Love author Paul's new book, Set in Russia. So Elizabeth Gilbert, the writer of famous, famous book, movie, Seminary Way of text. Life. Way yeah. of Life. Um, <laughs> Eat, Pray, Love. She, obviously, she is an author that... Now is quite, she would be probably financially stable and she's like a huge name. You know, she's written a new novel that she has now had to come out, she didn't have to actually, she has now come out and said it's been indefinitely delayed um, because the novel was set in Russia. And so this story here outlines to me the worst side of cancel culture and the worst side of the left eating the left and focusing on really small issues when we should be focusing on far bigger, more important issues. Like the actual war and not, like, literature surrounding it. Yeah. So I'm going to read you some stuff from the New York Times article because I just think the more context we can give, the better. So... The move comes as publishers and institutions struggle with how to, how to handle Russian art and literature as the war in Ukraine rages on. The uproar that drove Gilbert's decision to pull her novel, which is set in 20th century Siberia, suggests that the debate has broadened to include the question of how the country should be represented in fiction. So she said, I've received an enormous massive outpouring of reactions and responses from my Ukrainian readers. Um, she said this in an Instagram video, which is also just very dystopian. Um, expressing anger, sorrow, disappointment and pain about the fact that I would choose to release a book into the world right now, any book, no matter what the subject of it is, that is set in Russia. She went on to say, it's not the time for this book to be published and I do not want to add any harm to a group of people who have already experienced and who are continuing to experience grievous and extreme harm. And so this all came about because people on the internet found out that this was a book that was being set in Russia and they went and they flooded Goodreads with one-star reviews but before the book has been um, released. And um, basically the internet, which is a small subsection of very loud people, as we know, got incredibly angry and basically then Elizabeth Gilbert and whoever's working with her made the decision to delay the novel. But I think that decision has set a really dangerous precedent of what voices you allowed, what voices, like the angry online trolls, are they even 
people from Ukraine that are the online trolls, or are they, again, people virtue signalling? Oh, my God. When they're a bigger fish to fry. And it's a bigger question of, if we can't set a book where anything bad has happened, ever, we cannot write a book set in any Anywhere, ever. 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 It's such a, this is like such a moment in time. And I was talking about this with a friend who works in a newsroom the other day with a lot of authors. And there's this like crisis for fiction, which is, you know, we live in a world now where um, there's a lot of expectation that you have lived experience from about what you're writing. But how does that interplay with fiction? Yeah. And so therefore, as a woman, can I never write a male character who didn't live in New Zealand? Yeah. Can I ever go and, like, learn about another culture and then try and, like, authentically and ethically sort of unpack that in mm. a sort of... It's it's so challenging and I think it's so limiting. And if you think about all of the most, like, incredible f- pieces of fiction and novels that have been written over time, like, how many of those would be cancelled? Oh. And it's so devastating and I think, you know, having an inch of what it's like to write in the internet forum and get some trolls and gnarly mm. shit back all the time. You're just, it's It takes a lot of resilience to exist out there. And yeah. I think when this is starting, there's one thing for it to like cross over into fairly low stakes internet publishing, but when it starts to affect books and literature and like and art, formal art practice is so concerning to me. Yeah, it's very concerning and it's also just, we're always told that people in real life are very different to the trolls you see online and, you know, you should really respect the people that you know in your real life that have taken the time to come and talk to you about it. And usually, especially if we write something, there'll be people that just choose to take it in the worst way possible online. Yeah. But then you see so many people in real life that are like, that was beautiful what you wrote. That is, yeah. They're not there to take it in the worst way possible. And so for Elizabeth Gilbert and for her team to be taking the trolls... To be so taking seriously. the trolls so seriously... Before the book's even been released, like, they're commenting on nothing but a perception or nothing but what cancel culture has told them they should comment on. And so there was some really good commentary, again, quite a good way sometimes to find out how you feel about things truly outside of the internet is to, like, find people that you respect or you trust and ask them for their opinions on it or their takes on it. And there are some people I follow on TikTok that talk about books or literature and I love their takes on things. And after I'd read this article and I was trying to figure out where I sat on it, this person that I really love, I can't remember her name, basically pulled it up and was like, let's have a conversation about this because can fiction really exist anymore if we are going to cancel anyone that tries to write? Or someone said, what about America? You know, they're fucked up right now. Can we never write a TV show set in America? Mm. It's We just don't hold the same energy for everything I mean, and we never have. Someone said, a writer um, said on Twitter, apparently now, wherever you set your novel, you'd better hope to hell that by that publication date, which is usually about a year after you turned the novel in, that that place isn't up to bad things or you are personally complicit oh in Oh, my God. And it's just incredibly that's so true. It. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just it. And obviously, it should go without saying, and we've written about it, talked about it, everything, a, a lot, that... People in Ukraine are literally going through the worst thing they'll ever go through and they are allowed to feel however they feel Completely. about people releasing art. But it's, it's the thing is it's not art about the war. This is just art yeah, set in that, Serbia. That's such a 
a useful way to distinguish this, right? Like, I think if if Lizzie Gill yeah. was coming out and she was like, I've just, I'm releasing a contemporary novel yeah. which explores the fraught Ukrainian experience of the war. I would sort of understand yes. this a little bit more because it's like, you're not Ukraine, you're not Ukrainian, yeah. you're not there. And, like, people are still fucking experiencing yeah. this. And but you can see how it looks like someone profiting off of a tragedy. Totally. But if it's set in the past, yeah. like, and it's fiction, it's just like, oh. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It, this just makes me, when the trolls continue to get more and more power. Yeah. And when it is sort of the left eating left or liberals going after liberals type of it's trying to, of, like, out-liberal each yeah, other. It's, it's so like, dangerous. Okay, well, then we also just have this, like, really scary right wing, including the fucking people that have started this war, just getting more and more powerful because yeah. we're wasting our time fighting with each other over stupid things like where a book should be set. Oh, my God. And then, meanwhile, the right or, or the baddies are like, oh, well, they're fighting amongst themselves. We can just rise and rise and rise. Yeah. And it does make me a little bit worried when we are spending our time doing things that, in the grand scheme of things, aren't that important. And I don't know, by Elizabeth pulling this book, it's just set quite... And it doesn't have to set a precedent, but it looks like the trolls one kind of yeah thing. it's a really challenging moment in time for the publishing world as well because it's like are you going to follow suit or are you going to use this as like this yeah. is not okay okay we can't actually keep following the internet yes. like this and yes. i think that um times piece touched on an interesting point too which is yeah you file a, a book and a year later it's yes. published and and that's this tricky thing of the convergence of the internet in the real world as well because like fuck so much can can change online in that time yes. and and then it's like this pressure on publishing to then keep up with the internet and, yeah. and how do you publish something about a zeitgeist and then you know, I know. A, and a year later it could be anything as simple as the tagline in your book had a phrase or a quote or a word <gasps> that then suddenly someone on the internet has used in a really awful way and it's become like derogatory yeah. and then suddenly something that you never intended like a year later when it goes to publish people are like why the fuck did they write that but it's like yeah well no because this trend fuck like made it, it's just it is such an interesting time to be like watching what's happening to art and literature and what for the publishing industry and just you know the the way that the woman said um you as the author are then seen you're kind of like an easy scapegoat because you're seen to be complicit in this thing that didn't exist a year ago oh my god and now that you've written in a novel set there you are complicit in it and it's just the logic doesn't logic yeah but when internet squashes time space context everything (sighs) who cares about logic i just it's it's just very interesting. It kind of reminds me of the fan situation that we've like talked about time and time again on here is when you like an artist and like take Kanye for an example, you like an artist and then they go and do something really bad and if you're a fan of them, it's almost like you become the target of all this hate because you like them, oh but you God. didn't do the bad thing. Yes. It's it's also like I was thinking about this the other day because personally I am probably, like, a private fan. Yeah. Like, I would never post on 
a, like comment on yes. like my favorite musicians posts I would like them and share yeah. them and like save them in my phone but I probably wouldn't be like like sick yes. like you know can't wait to see you Taylor or whatever yeah. and so it does make me wonder um the the kind of mindset and the type of people that would do the opposite which yeah. is troll people because I I don't think I can't imagine any of my friends no. doing that so we wouldn't know a single troll which is why it's it's so important when you operate online to really remember the people in real life are the ones whose opinions mm. you should respect and take into consideration and nine out of ten times they'll love what you do yeah but then what's been different with this one is the trolls sort of got took the w like the trolls sort of commented enough times on Goodreads with one-star reviews when they hadn't even read the book. It's bad gossip and it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, anyway, that was just something that Belle and I both wanted to chat about. Again, had we had time, (laughs) there would be a beginning, ending, and middle. (laughs) We'd have academic terminology. We'd have a psychoanalyst on Elizabeth Gilbert's publishing house. Yes. Um, I will say, though, that she does do a great TED Talk on creativity. And maybe oh. that's like an, a gorge fun, like hopeful thing to end on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really okay. good. Look it up. Um, I think about it often, actually. Oh, yeah. that's okay. That can be the what's on our radar. Oh. The TED Talk and Love Island. I hope everyone's watching. Belle, you don't have time. <laughs> it's my one hour reprieve where I should be, I don't know, going for a walk or doing something wholesome. No, I simply am watching Love Island and rotting my brain a little. Never feel bad about that. I do love it. It's actually like the best part of my year. Is it? It's my best day. Is it your best day? My best day is a day that I've saved up five Love Islands. (laughs) I love this. Yeah. Small joys. I'm all about them. You know this. Small joys. Speaking of small joys, this podcast has actually been a joy. We've really turned it around. What could have been a total Lemony Snicket situation, series of unfortunate events. We're Phoenix. We have Phoenix. The sun has risen. We came here in pitch black. I've had like 17 coffees and I feel alive. And I'm going to go out and have the best day. You're going to have the best day. And I hope you all have the best day, <laughs> team. It sounds so, like a motivational No, but podcast. it's funny because the song, the Taylor Swift song, The Best Day, from the start, when you made me pick it, mm. has really become the what describes our week. So I'm going to get in my car after this and yeah. back in turn No, it don't listen to it because it's actually, I think it'll be emotional. Yeah, okay. It makes me emotional. Me protecting Belle. Yeah, Not yeah. right now. Not right now. Listen I, to her reputation album. <laughs> and pretend you're reacting for the first time, then film it and you'll go Imagine. Viral. Okay, imagine after this. Oh my God, you see me sitting in my no, car doing a fist. No. Tay-Tay, you want a revenge on this one, girl. Lean in. This is for all my girls out there. <laughs> I'm marriage material, by the way. Marry me. I'm single. Oh my gosh. Okay, well. And on that note. That's my day. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 